welcome back to episode three of the Stay Tuned podcast. I have a special guest, close friend, Sierra, and Sierra's on the soccer team here at Stanford, and I've known her for four years now. Yeah. And I'll let her introduce herself to you guys. Yeah. Say what's up. Um, hi guys, I'm Sierra. I am originally from San Diego. Um, and I'm now at Stanford and have been here for four years and I'm going to play one more season. So I'll be around a little bit longer. Um, and I'm majoring in science, technology and society. Best major at Stanford. Triple Triple, major. Yeah, triple major. I did the same thing. (laughs) Do you want to try to tell people what that is? I have to do this in interviews all the time. Yeah. What is that? (laughs) <laughs> I usually say it's studying how technology has shaped our society and our culture. I have what exactly <laughs> yeah. it is, but yeah. You can kind of switch it too. That's exactly. why it's nice. You can say it focuses on this within yeah. this job. So first question that I ask people when they come on to the podcast is what is something that you've been staying tuned into recently in your life? Past couple weeks, month, whatever it is. Yeah, I think there's two things. One of them is I, over spring break, really got into Elizabeth Holmes and everything Theranos. So I started reading Bad Blood and I finished that really quickly because it's really well written and just really interesting. Over spring break, you just did the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing anything else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then there's a Hulu documentary or a Hulu series and then documentary. So I've been kind of following all of those things, um, which I think is just fascinating because she went to Stanford and it was this big story of the first, you know, self-made female CEO and it tanked. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as a woman who studies at Stanford, it's just interesting to read her yeah. story. I think for people that don't know as much about that story and want to kind of know more, but might not want to read the book and watch a documentary <laughs> like you did. Um, can you give a little background on like what happened? Why was it yeah. a big problem? Why was there bad blood? Yeah. So it was this Stanford undergrad who she, Elizabeth, she basically, I don't even know if she declared a major. She dropped out after one or two years at Stanford because she had this idea. She always had this fear of needles. And so Mm -hmm. she wanted to be able to run different tests and diagnostics without using a lot of blood. But she basically, long story short, was selling something that she couldn't really produce at the time so she was saying you know we can get this with a little drop of blood and it didn't actually work and so none of their chemists no one could make it work and she just continuously said they got millions of dollars like so many people invested all of these crazy big time names um after reading it you realize that she knew what she was doing from a business perspective yeah um but she didn't have the product to back it at all and it's just a crazy story because they had all of the employees signing NDAs and they had a huge team of lawyers. So any employee that spoke out would attack, you know, would be attacked by the lawyers. And um, so it took a while for them to get the story out. But what I thought was interesting is that they are kind of using it because, you know, there's all these tech companies that say they're going to do something and it's easier Mm -hmm. for them to kind of fake it. But when it's obviously human lives, it's a little different. Um, So I think this was, a lot of people are saying this was a little bit of a test case of you can't false advertise as much as people do and promise yeah. things you can't actually deliver. Yeah, it was crazy and like blew up, especially at Stanford. Yeah. It's very relevant to this area. A lot of money yeah. and investing in startups and all that um, right here. But you said your second part of what you've been staying tuned into. What is yeah. that second side? Um, the second part is just mental health within college sports, specifically the NCAA. Um, it's mm-hmm. a topic that's 
very close to my heart. So just kind of figuring out, you know, what's going on, what problems there are, and hopefully kind of being able to come to some sort of solution or, um, I really don't think that there is a one size fits all solution, but at least some sort of change that can help other athletes and other people. Yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about this a lot recently Mm -hmm. considering what happened on your team with Katie. Mm -hmm. And do you think that like put it to the forefront for you or was it before something you were thinking about? It wasn't something I was thinking about much before. I always had understood the importance of, you know, the mental side of Mm -hmm. life and just who you are as a person. And for me, that was, you know, finding time to do things that made me happy and journal and all of those things. But I never, you know, met with a therapist or anything like that. Um, and after all this, it's really brought it to my attention of just how big of a problem it is and how important it is to, you know, have people that you can talk to and have resources that you can talk to in you know, a little different way than you talk to your friends. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's something that we've always known about as athletes, Mm -hmm. but never talked about, but now I think COVID or whatever happened made it super like popular and everybody's kind of speaking out about it Mm -hmm. right now but I think that's an important point that you said of not it's not a bad thing to talk to like a therapist or anything like that I think there was a stigma that came with that yeah but it's so important to just have that other outlet other than your teammates I think yeah or your coaches or even just like friends in general yeah yeah Yeah. I mean I meet with some I meet with two different people every Mm -hmm. week and I think that it's something that I'd never had even considered before and I don't really know why. And it wasn't yeah. something where I was like, oh, I just don't want to do it. It just wasn't even a thought because I was like, oh, there's nothing, you know, going super wrong in my life right now that I really need to be talking to someone about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now it's just really made me realize how beneficial it is because, you know, you can really go in there and say whatever. And obviously your closest friends, yeah. you feel that way, but exactly you don't want you to never, burden them yeah, all the you time never know, right so yeah yeah and i think that's a huge point and people do need to keep hearing that because mm-hmm. um, everything in life comes from here right yeah. if your mental is not okay and stuff you might not even know what's exactly. going on yeah. then it's going to play out in life mm-hmm. um so very important point um another thing where we're like similar is we're both in fca mm-hmm. both on the leadership team how important is that community to you um, in the recent months and just over your Stanford career? Yeah, I think that community has been a highlight, if not the most important part of my Stanford yeah. career. I think it is easy, actually, to say that it is the, has been the most important <laughs> yeah. piece of my Stanford career. Um, I got involved through Derek Waldeck, who's teammate yeah. of Andrews. What's up, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> um, the summer coming into my freshman year because our teams were on campus and he mm. was leading the men's and women's soccer Bible study. Yeah, and we, we sat yeah, we outside sat... Donner and yeah. now it's Sally Ride, used to be Sarah. Sarah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I had always been, I hadn't always had a close relationship with God and kind of my junior and senior year of high school, I started to grow closer with him, but I never had a community of people my age like I would go and sit in church with my parents but I didn't talk Mm -hmm. to and I didn't feel comfortable in you know my youth grouping in high school so that was the first time where I sat with people who I felt like I related to on so many different levels and I remember walking away from that thinking how cool it was to just be able to talk about 
my faith with this group of athletes at Stanford who know exactly what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first taste yeah. of it. It's and been foundational in kind of who I've grown to be and in, in my relationship with Christ. And um, I think Monday nights, which is when we meet, has always been, you know, just a highlight of my week. And in this, you know, past two months, it's been a necessity. Like I, it's something that I'm like, I, I need, and I need to be there because I think, you know, it's the times of struggle and the, um, the times where you, uh, you know, you need to lean on people. And I think it's really nice to be able to lean on a community that believes the same things you believe and that wants, you know, to help you and not turn you away from God in times of trouble, but to really turn you towards him and show you that, you know, he cares and he has a plan and that we still just trust in him um, yeah. no matter what. Definitely. And we could probably have that conversation for hours. Oh, yeah. Like we have So many past. things to talk about. Um, but it's just a really good community. I agree. Yeah. And like you said, it's important to have some, like a group to lean on mm-hmm. and feel comfortable with. But also it feels good to be leaned on exactly. as well. Right. Yeah. Like once they were there for you that like Christian nature of being there for them too. And I've seen you do that. You probably don't even recognize how much you do that, but Sierra (laughs) helps a lot of people out all the time. Um, But moving on to my next question for people that want to get to know you a little bit more different than the soccer captain and star, great student, Stanford, San Diego, people probably tell from your blonde curly hair. (laughs) Um, But what's something that's unique about you that people probably wouldn't know? Yeah, I think one thing that's pretty unique about me is that, well, I'm a big breeder, which honestly at Stanford is not unique at all, but... I've never been a huge reader, but (laughs) I have become one here. Yeah, right? (laughs) Um, But I really like murder mystery novels. I think I got it from my dad. He has all of these... I forget who the author is, but all these books about, you know, someone who's been wrongfully committed of murder and going back and tracing and figuring it all out, so... I've read books just that have been passed down from him. And then um, I my sister also loves to read, and she reads way faster than I do. So she just has <laughs> – I have a constant stream yeah. of books coming to me. And, yeah, I read every night before I go to bed and read these murder mysteries, which doesn't really make sense to me because I can't watch scary shows before bed. But Yeah, there's I something can, different. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. The visual kind of stimulates our – exactly our fear a little bit more for whatever reason um what's one book like most recently that you've really liked um Um, yeah mystery was pretty girls by karen slaughter is slaughter that's her last name (laughs) actually i don't know how that worked out but (laughs) it's actually one of the most messed up books i've read um in a good way or in a bad it's pretty creepy, but it's okay. it's a, it's a page turner. So you okay. yeah you'll be glued in from the very beginning. Good. Okay. So if you didn't know this about Sierra, <laughs> she loves murder mystery novels. Yeah. And if you ever want to talk to her about <laughs> them or recommend some to her, she will read them before bed. Exactly. Um. All right. So next question, similar topic, but what do you think is a common misconception about Sierra that given with who you are, mm-hmm. captain of the women's soccer team, very successful team, Stanford, top school in the country. What do you think comes with that that's a misconception yeah. that isn't true about you? 
Well, my all my teammates joke around and call me strict. That's their nickname <laughs> for me. Your nickname um, is strict? Yeah. They really... I really started... We decided we'd come up with adjectives for my whole class. I think my sophomore okay. year. And, you know, people yeah. had, like, bubble... Like, Naomi's was bubbly or something like that. And then mine was strict. I think Bianca's was pretty bad, too. Hers was something, like, chaotic or a lot. I think hers a was lot. just a lot. <laughs> um, a lot is thrown around women's soccer. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone calls me strict, not as much anymore. But I am, I mean, I think to get to this point, we all have to be very disciplined. Right. And I think I'm definitely on the far end of the spectrum of, you know, doing extra practice and yeah. working super hard in school. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I can be strict and also have a lot of fun. And I think sometimes people have yeah. this misconception about me and about, I think, a lot of other Stanford athletes too is like, Yes, we do get our stuff done, but at the same time, I mess around with my teammates all the time, play yeah. pranks. Like, I love to scare people and hide <laughs> around corners and do all that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I still like to find ways to have fun and not always be strict. All right, so you would say strict is not the most accurate name, even though it's a funny name, yeah. nickname that your team gave you. <laughs> but I've seen Sierra outside of soccer, too, just in life very fun like always laughing not not very strict per se but definitely disciplined like you said yeah yeah um, so that's good to know so if you want to hang out with sierra she's not going to be strict and like straight <laughs> exactly. face with you she's gonna be smiling laughing and mm-hmm. having fun so last kind of point is stanford focus but more on you mm-hmm. how do you think stanford has changed you or formed you from yeah. the girl who came out of high school to now senior starting your fifth year mm-hmm. how do you think you've changed like what's the main way that you think Sierra's changed in her time here yeah I mean I think there are so many different ways I think Stanford has made me a much stronger person and mm-hmm. I think I have a lot um I think I'm just mentally in such a better space than I was prior to to coming here I think um I mean, we all come in as freshmen and we're thrown into this environment that's crazy. And you, we've Mm -hmm. all kind of, no matter if you're an athlete, you know, stellar on the field, or if you're really good in the classroom, you've always been the best. And then you come here and you're not anywhere near the best, (laughs) at least most people are. Um, And so I think I was just a very timid person before coming here and I wasn't, I don't think I was necessarily not confident, but I didn't have as much confidence in myself as I do now. Um, and I really cared a lot about what other people were thinking about me and, you know, yeah, like trying to prove myself to other people. Um, mm-hmm. And I came in as I redshirted my freshman year, um, not because I was injured or anything, just because I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't strong enough, yeah. wasn't fast enough. You guys were very, very good. We to were be very fair. talented that <laughs> guys, year. We were we had a stacked team, but you guys have like four of them on the national team. Yeah. Now. Maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. That was a conservative four. <laughs> but um yeah. Yeah, so I think it kinda just through that and then also I was challenged a lot in the classroom and I wanted to be. I wanted to take classes that you know weren't super easy because I wanted to see how I, you know, compared to other Stanford student athletes and Stanford students, but also just to challenge myself because I I came to Stanford for academics as well so 
Um, I think just being in this environment where you never feel super comfortable has really shaped me and shaped who I am and has allowed me to feel confident in just being me and knowing that I have, I'm good at some things and I'm not good at other things and being okay with that. Where I think when I came in, I was, you know, way more worried about what I wasn't good at and all these things. And so I think now I have a way better perspective just on me as a person. Um, And I think I feel way more comfortable taking risks and doing things because I know I'm confident in myself and I know that if I, if it doesn't work out, there's other opportunities and I still know who I am as a person. Nice. That's really good to hear. That's like inspiring. And I hope a lot of people (laughs) can feel that, that journey through college too. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a unique time in life, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot, almost everybody can relate to that at Stanford. Mm -hmm. Wait for them to walk by. (laughs) I opened the window, so it's not smart. Um, So I think like what you said, everybody can relate to that feeling Mm -hmm. of coming to Stanford and feeling like, not like you did before you were the top of the top before. Mm -hmm. And now you're one of however many we have. And you might feel like you're not good enough or you're not confident like you were before um, because it's just a whole new thing that you're thrown into. Yeah. Um, But I think over time, like you said, finding a good community, taking more risk, learning what you're good at Mm -hmm. um, and doing that is an important thing that everybody should explore um, in college. And if it doesn't work out, like we talked about, there's resources to help you too. And it's not like you have to find that confidence quickly it'll kind of just happen as you go Mm -hmm. um but yeah sierra always just is inspiring whenever she talks (laughs) i'm sure everybody says that to you um but last thing before we finish is you can just say like 30 seconds whatever you want to the audience of whoever it is i don't know who it is but (laughs) you can say something like an inspiring thing or like a message to a certain group of people yeah whatever you want you can say hi to your family I don't know (laughs) yeah well hi family um I think my my biggest message to give to everyone right now and I think this has been something that I've felt a lot but now especially more than ever is just to do things that make you happy and find joy in your life and if something isn't making you happy don't do it like I think we feel like there are so many things in this world that we have to do and these boxes Mm. that we have to check. Um, And if it's not something that you enjoy, it's not really doing anything for you. So sort of in a little bit of a, you know, selfish, like mental health type thing, but just really find things every day that make you happy and do those things. And don't, don't be distracted by things that don't help you and make you happy. I love that. We'll leave it right there. That's a perfect ending. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. I shake everybody's hand. Sorry, I'm probably really clammy. (laughs) You're good.